1879, the town of Vienna was established in the state of Idaho in the Sawtooth Mountains. The town was created because of the many mining operations in the area. And by 1882, the town had grown to be the largest city in the area. In fact, it grew so large that at its height, it contained over 200 buildings and had around 800 residents. It even had its own newspaper, the Vienna Reporter, that had about 200 subscriptions. Today, Vienna is just a memory. Only a fraction of the buildings remain, and the ones that do are just log fragments that you might find in the underbrush. So why am I talking about this past city? Well, in October of 2012, I met a man named Justin who told me his personal experience that happened at the town site of Vienna. His experience was incredible, to say the least. And even though people who visit Vienna today may not see anything, that doesn't mean that they won't experience Vienna. Of course, that's according to Justin. Hello, my name is Scott Bryan. I have been a paranormal investigator for over a decade. I'm a trained anthropologist and archaeologist, and now my passion is paranormal investigation. Welcome to my Ghostology podcast. Is anyone there? We want to make contact with you. We want to share your story. We're going to seek the truth no matter where we find it. Well, it's October here, and that's really exciting. This is my favorite time of the year. I love the falling leaves. I love the trees. I love the cooler temperatures. I love everything about it. And just the other day, my wife and I, we went out walking uh, through the trees, seeing all the leaves on the ground, hearing that crunch as we walked down these paths. It was incredibly enjoyable. One of the other things I really love is I love to tell ghost stories this time of year as well. One of the things that I've been involved in for many years now and in a few different towns are the annual haunted history tours that are found throughout the United States. Now, I've been involved in two specific ones, and of course, I enjoy being a part of those tours, but probably the thing I enjoy the most that I didn't anticipate was meeting just a wide range of people. These events are almost what I'd call safe places where people can come and talk about their paranormal experiences. And that's happened many times over the years. You know, during the event, I'm giving presentations, I'm talking about my research and my paranormal investigations. But every single year, After the tour is done, I have individuals that pull me aside and tell me very personal paranormal experiences. And this is what happened with Justin. Now, his experience actually happened back in 2005. He was living in a town called Stanley, Idaho at the time. He was a banker 
but he loved the outdoors and he loved the Sawtooth mountain range. So Justin was accustomed to going into the Sawtooth forest. He was also an avid hunter and fisherman, but it was during this October week of 2005 that he unexpectedly found himself with a day off. Something had happened at his work and he didn't have to go in. Now in about two weeks, he was gonna participate in a large hunting group. What he decided was he was gonna drive into the forest and kind of scout out some of the places they were gonna hunt uh, in, you know, in a couple of weeks time. So it was about 3 p.m. He had driven off the main highway and he began to traverse some of these dirt roads in the Sawtooth National Forest. It was an absolutely beautiful day. The sun was out, the air was crisp, and he loved seeing the forest with some of the leaves turning, of course, the pine trees swaying in the wind. He began to stop several times and, you know, kind of hike up some hills, uh, check out some areas where he might hunt. This went on for a few hours, and he had driven deeper and deeper into the forest. Soon he had come to his target destination, and he knew this area was really well known for hunting. He got out and he began to explore the area. He had gone up a very large hill. So down in the valley, there was a group of trees, and it was quite thick there. And as he's up on the hill, he said he started to hear noises cracking like there was something going through those trees and brush. So he looked down into the valley into this wooded area and he saw this enormous buck with huge antlers step outside of those trees. And of course he got very excited. The buck saw him, started to run off, and then that's when he noticed that there seemed to be many other deer down there that he couldn't see. It wasn't just one animal, it was probably many. He said he got so excited that he just instantly began running down this hill. Ultimately, what happened is he tripped over his own feet and he tumbled headfirst down the slope, probably fell about 20 feet. Finally, he said he came to a rest and he realized that he had hit his head. He was all scraped up, he said he wasn't really bleeding, but he had this one patch on his face that was just really tender and hot. And he started thinking and he realized that he had not told anyone where he was going that day and so if he had broken a leg broken his back been seriously injured no one would really know where to find him once he got down to the wooded area he realized that it was actually starting to get dark he had been in the forest now for many hours and in october it gets dark very quickly in the forest now he had been walking for probably a half hour to 45 minutes and he had gotten a little ways away from his truck and he had tried to follow the deer in the direction they had run. And so he found the main road and he thought he wasn't that far from his vehicle that he would just walk this road back until he saw his truck. Very soon though, after he began to walk, it just got dark and he started to worry a little bit because he had left his flashlight in his truck. He went around one curve and expected to see his truck, but he didn't see anything. So as he was walking, he started to hear the wind and it blew through the trees and it just got colder. Now he had been in the forest a lot. I mean, he had never been scared in the forest, but that night he said, 
for some reason, he just felt so incredibly alone. He began to just kind of feel eerie and creeped out. So he began walking a little faster. He knew he had to be really close to his truck. Soon he came to a branch in the road. He didn't remember the branch, but it was really just kind of a trail that left the main road and went up into the bushes. He now began to think that he might be lost. In just a few minutes after that, it was completely dark. Justin had now been walking for another 30 minutes and he had not found his truck. To make matters worse, there was no moon that night. And so it made the forest almost like a maze of dark trees. Justin stayed at that fork in the road for a few minutes, but he realized there was nothing he could really do. So he just went forward. He walked for probably another five minutes and he realized that he probably had walked past his truck somehow in the darkness. He couldn't even trust now the silhouette shapes of the mountains and the trees. The only feature that he could depend on was that fork in the road that he had passed a few minutes earlier. The forest now was quiet. The wind had kind of calmed down. It was cold and still. The only thing he could really hear was the crunch of the gravel under his boots as he walked on the road. In his mind, he began to think of the animals, of bears, mountain lions that might be hiding in the shadows of the bushes and trees. He laughed at himself for a little bit, but then he began to hear something deeper in the woods. Again, there was a crack and a snap. Other bushes began to rustle. He wasn't sure if this was an animal or the wind picking up. He just didn't know. Suddenly, Justin thought that he heard a sound that didn't necessarily come from the forest. He said the first time he heard it, it sounded like a distant echo, something moving, something talking. He couldn't really make it out or tell what it was. Whatever it was, it seemed to move slowly, almost like a wounded animal struggling to take its last steps. Justin really wanted to just turn around. He wanted to find something that was familiar. So he decided to turn around and walk back towards that fork in the road. As he began to walk, though, he heard another sound. It was really soft and he said it was quiet. But it was unmistakably the sound of a harmonica. And whoever was playing it did not play a melody. But it was almost as someone breathed in and then breathed out onto the instrument. His ears pricked up, and the only thought in his mind was, who was in the forest that night with him? Justin was now terrified. He had to make a decision. He decided to continue to find the road's fork. Though he was frightened, he calmed himself and hoped that he had just been mistaken about the sound. So he cautiously began to walk forward. But as he walked, he could hear more movement in the forest. At other times, he said it sounded like a distant conversation between two people. He began to squint in the darkness and look through the trees to see if he could see someone following him. He continued to walk forward on the road. And after a few minutes, he began to think he could see something up in the trees to the side of the road. As he squinted to get a better look, he realized that there seemed to be lights in the darkness up in the trees. 
Some were square, others were rectangular. Some of the lights were higher than others, but there were many of them and they seemed like they dotted the hillside. Justin's first thought was that he had found something, a, a camp. He was relieved to think that he was about to find civilization again. But as he walked, the lights remained distant and they were blurry and faint. And soon he realized that he should be getting closer to the lights, but they didn't seem to be getting any larger. Up ahead, he thought he could see the fork in the road, and he began to walk even faster towards that spot. All of a sudden, a voice rang from the trees. It simply said, See ya, boys, followed by a throaty chuckle. Justin was sure now that he had stumbled across some sort of camp, maybe a hunting camp. So he yelled out into the darkness, Hello! But there was no reply. Now he could still see the lights glowing in the trees, but as he yelled out, he noticed that slowly and one by one, the lights began to dim and then disappear. It only took a minute before he was again left in total darkness. Without thinking, he raced forward, trying to reach the lights. As he ran, he tripped on the uneven road and he tumbled to the ground. Again, his head began to pulse and several of the painful aches that he had received from the fall prior began to hurt and throb. After he picked himself up, Justin found he was alone again, completely in the dark. All the lights were gone. Tired and exhausted, he limped down the road a little further. All of a sudden, he was standing in front of his truck. Though it was very dark, Justin wondered how he could have ever walked past his truck earlier. But at that point, he couldn't stop to think about that. He got in his truck and he drove home. A couple of weeks had passed and it was now time for him to go hunting with his group. They arose very early, started the hunt well before dawn. He enjoyed the hunt, but he was also very happy to be around friends. And when the sun rose, he was glad to be in the light once again. So the hunt went on and Justin was with his very good friend, Mike. Mike actually was able to get a deer and Justin helped him clean it, drag it out of the forest. In the early afternoon, there was a place, a parking lot where all the hunters had met. People lit fires, were cooking food, eating, talking, laughing, and having a good time. The hunt was basically over and people began to leave one by one slowly. It was at that time that Justin heard Mike speaking to another man at a fire. He normally didn't like to eavesdrop on people, but his ears picked up when he heard this man tell Mike that there was mining towns that used to be in this area. Justin walked over and interjected himself into the conversation with Mike and this older man, who he later found out was named Larry. Larry had a big, bushy salt and pepper beard, a long, thin nose, and he wore round spectacles. He was nearly seven feet tall, skinny and gaunt, and he had a squeaky old man's voice that would pierce any ear. Larry began to explain that at the turn of the century, there was a lot of mining in the area. There were towns and all kinds of people going all over the place. Just down the road, there was a town called Vaina. It was a big mining town and that his father had actually worked there. 
Justin's heart began to pound when he said this, and he looked right at Larry, and he couldn't help himself. He just had to ask, where exactly is this old town of Vaina? Mike looked a little surprised, but he was a very friendly person. And so he said, well, it's just down the road. I could take you there. Before they knew it, uh, Larry, Mike, and Justin were all in a truck driving down the road. Larry pointed at a fork in the road and said, pull over there. Justin did as Larry had asked, and he realized that this must be the same fork in the road where he had had his experience two weeks prior. They got out of the truck, and Larry began to show them where the town of Vaina used to be. They couldn't see anything. It just looked like regular forest. But then down by the creek, he noticed that there were some old logs that were toppled over and lying on each other. They walked down there, and there was the base of a former log cabin. Larry explained, there is not a lot left of Vaina. For some reason, around 1914, someone had come in and removed almost all of the 200 buildings and structures. No one was really sure why. Some said it was to harvest the wood, but others said there was something more mysterious about the whole incident. Even though it was in the middle of the day and the sun shone brightly down on them, a cold wind all of a sudden crashed into the three men, almost knocking Justin over. The cold burst made Justin feel the same way he did that night two weeks before, alone, cold, and hunted. Justin, in his mind, began to feel a little overwhelmed. He realized that where he stood was probably where he saw the lights that night, probably where the voice had also rang out in the darkness. He had been standing down on the road, but now he was standing up on the hill where all of these things took place. There had been nothing there that night. In the past, if he had been there a hundred years before, he would have been right in the middle of the town of Vaina. Justin wanted to tell Mike and Larry about his experience, but he didn't dare. He didn't want to be laughed at. He didn't think they would believe him. He sat there on that log for a few more minutes, astounded and bewildered at the discovery he had made. The three men stood there for maybe a few more minutes, and soon they were back in their vehicle driving towards the camp. Justin dropped the other two men off at their vehicles, and he continued home. To this day, Justin does not like to talk about his experience, his paranormal experience in 2005 and he has only told just a few people. Now, when I met Justin, it had been many years since his experience, and I wondered why he had cared enough to tell me when he had told so few. I remember I asked him that very question, and he said to me, I've always feared that people would not believe me, thinking I was crazy. Nothing like that has ever happened to me before or since, but I know what I saw, and I knew you would believe me. I really could tell that Justin had been holding this inside of him for many years and that it was really emotional for him to unburden himself and tell me about his paranormal experience and his ghostly encounter with the town of Vaina. I can't say with certainty what he actually saw, but I would not be surprised if that night he actually saw the lights of Vaina, Idaho. 
Thank you for listening to this episode of Ghostology. Would you like more Ghostology? Please check back for future episodes. Also, check for my books at Amazon.com, available now. Ghostology, Tales from a Decade of Paranormal Investigation, Volume 1, Ghostly Attacks. Ghostology, Tales from a Decade of Paranormal Investigation, Volume 2, Ghosts of the Former Idaho Territory. And finally, Ghostology, Based on Actual Events, Volume 1, Haunted Youth. Music on this podcast included Nightmares and Cursed Stories by Mayu Nicholas Gasparini. For more music from Mayu, go to his website at thedarkpiano.com.